Hello, dirtbags, maggots, deplorables, and patriots. High Crimes Podcast. Welcome, Medicine and Politics with Dr. Richard Moss. I pick up my local paper here in my small town, Jasper, Indiana, and I see an article from the Associated Press about a bill in the Indiana State House to allow for driving cards for immigrants, illegal aliens, and also um, another bill about in-state tuition for illegal aliens. And Indiana is a red state. It's got super majorities in both chambers and a Republican governor, Holcomb, who I would say is a disaster. But anyway, at least nominally Republican, so a deep red state uh, where we have the trifecta, uh, both houses and the governor. And when you think about what's going on in the country at large uh, with Biden, but really for, you know, for decades, but certainly really uh, uh, with Biden, uh, the whole problem uh, with illegal aliens very much accelerated with millions of illegals entering the country and being dispersed throughout the country, often even to red states and uh, elsewhere. And all the problems with crime and drug peddling and fentanyl deaths that many of us have heard about, the burden on our schools, um, our uh, uh, criminal justice system, law enforcement, uh, the the problems with rape and murder and violent assault, and of course, again, drugs. The drugs, by the way, uh, often made in China, particularly the fentanyl, but others as well, and being transported with the help of the Mexican uh, drug cartels who are extremely powerful, uh, and very violent and and also very wealthy. And uh, they work together with China. And uh, we should think of this, uh, you know, this as, uh, you know, really our enemies. Uh, and yet uh, we have the Biden administration enriching our enemies, uh, the CCP and and uh, the drug cartels. And, and then, of course, the toll that it takes on uh, so many Americans who uh, uh, die of uh, fentanyl overdose. Fentanyl is extremely powerful medicine, uh, and it causes respiratory depression, and uh, even just touching it, uh, getting uh, just a little bit too much, and and you're dead. Uh, You stop breathing, and that's it. You never wake up. And so we've had more than 100,000 such deaths. And all of the chaos and and the problems associated with illegal aliens. And so you would wonder why in 
our state, uh, the, a red state, would we do anything to advance uh, the cause of illegal aliens when the only proper treatment really is for deporting them? Uh, you know, certainly not to give them any breaks or allowances uh, or access to any of our pub- public programs, which, by the way, they're all on anyway. Uh, you know, no one checks into them. And it's important to know that they are coached on how to do all of this. All of the illegals receive training from Mexico, from the Mexican government. And then once they're in the United States, there's so many groups and these phony religious charities that make a lot of money over the issue of illegal aliens. They find housing for them, arrange transportation. They teach them how to get on the various public programs, uh, Medicaid and uh, various forms of welfare, uh, you know, just straight welfare and uh, aid for dependent children and food stamps and all of these things that are already so costly, all of it paid for by the American taxpayer. So again, you know, we, we have this uh, problem uh, in, a red, in a red state like Indiana and, and many red states where they just uh, are really no different than the Republican Party at the national level. They're, they're just quite pathetic, uh, and they may be uh, corporate chills, uh, chamber of commerce-type Republicans. And so you wonder why, how our country is, is being lost. Um, so I contacted my representative, Mark Mesmer. Uh, our, he's a state senator. I emailed him uh, that... Uh, I thought that this plan to uh, give in-state tuition to illegal aliens was a disgrace, and uh, we should oppose it and uh, should obviously vote it down. And I got a very angry response, and, uh, and he obviously favored it. And then I am good friends with another state senator, and I contacted him, <clears throat> And he informed me that uh, I believe that uh, Mark, Mark Mesmer, is a sponsor of the bill. At least that's what I was led to believe. But by his response, it certainly suggested that he supported this bill. I responded back and I explained how important it was not to normalize them, not to give them any access to our programs or... Uh, any other such uh, breaks or benefits or allowances like in-state tuition. Again, you can think in think of this in another way uh, where an American citizen from a neighboring state like Ohio or Illinois or any other state uh, outside of Indiana, uh, American citizens that might want to go to Indiana University uh, they would have to pay out of state. And, you know, I, I guess that's fine. 
But then here you have the situation of illegal aliens being given the opportunity for in-state tuition. Um, He also mentioned in his response back to me that we have to teach them English. And I explained that we don't have to teach them anything. Uh, They are more than welcome to return to their home country uh, or to go to a blue state or to uh, leave the country, uh, again, return to their home country and try to enter the country legally. Now, of course, they're not going to do that. Why would they? They, They'll uh, just come back, but they're actually not going to leave. They're going to stay because... Throughout the country, they're taken care of, whether it's by the federal government or state governments. And obviously, blue states are supportive of them, and I would send all of them to the blue states and let them collapse under the weight and the cost of the illegal aliens. Um, So, you know... We recognize that at the federal level, the country is broken. I am very doubtful of the uh, ability of at the federal level to really correct the incredible divisions. I mean, uh, the left, uh, those that live in the blue states and live in all states for that matter, I mean... Marxist left-wing Democrats are from a from another world. I mean, their ideas are abhorrent. Uh, whatever it may be, it's their embrace of the reckless spending and the deficits, the criminality, and you know their refusal to arrest uh, crim- violent criminals and keep them in jail, uh, defunding the police. And, uh, you know, their attack on fossil fuels, the whole uh, green agenda, which is utterly destructive, uh, the whole uh, climate change, global warming fraud that they promote, which will destroy energy in America. And then, of course, uh, their position on, uh, again, illegal aliens and the whole open borders uh, situation, which they support. You know, the idea, of course, is that they will bring in uh, so many people from the third world that they will overwhelm the, uh, uh, the well, uh, the, the white population, I guess, those of European ancestry, uh, uh, the historic American nation, so to speak, um, and just effect demographic change. Uh, you know, the whole woke agenda, you know, the whole uh, diversity agenda, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, all of the neo-Marxism uh, and uh, woke agenda, you know, illegal aliens, the open borders is obviously a part of it. And, you know, let me not forget to mention the whole LGBT uh, transgender agenda as well, and uh, the grooming of children, uh, the gay marriage and gay agenda in general. Uh, but of all of them, I think the open borders 
is the most dangerous because then you're bringing in people uh, and they uh, will n- never go home uh, unless somebody is, becomes very serious about deporting them. And, uh, and so indeed they do affect uh, the demography of the nation. So it's, it's quite a, a threat. But again, you wonder why is a red state pursuing this agenda? Why would they, particularly in the midst of this uh, open borders onslaught with millions of illegal aliens, uh, you know, criminals and violence, violent uh drug peddling, uh, illegal aliens entering the country, burdening the nation, the taxpayer, and the all of our public programs and, and resources. Uh, why would a red state seek to, in any way, um, advantage them? I mean, it should be the opposite message. Uh, and, and the reason is that... Uh, we never escape rhinos. Rhinos exist where, where, wherever you find them. You know, where just exist everywhere. Basically, they they are in. I'm sure at the county and city and town level, but then at the at the state level, again, deep reds and obviously at the federal level. Uh, so you see the the deep red states that uh, have nothing to say about uh, the COVID fascism that went on. Uh, It's sort of forgotten already. Uh, Nobody talking about ending uh, all mask and vaccine mandates, uh, ending uh, any future efforts or consideration for shutdowns and lockdowns. Uh, The entire COVID catastrophe that went on Uh, It's hardly even a topic of discussion, uh, protecting our liberties and and our rights. It's hardly ever brought up. So we really have a rhino problem at every level of government. You know, it's interesting that uh, there was a time when this country um, actually deported the illegal aliens and in fact there was a uh, what is referred to this is the actual name of it not my name uh, but they called it operation wetback and this was implemented in 1953 and 1954 under eisenhower and upwards of a million illegal aliens were deported from the country Uh, And I think that's entirely proper. Uh, And beyond that, you should make it impossible for them to get work. Um, They, uh, you know, there should be E-Verify and sanctions against employers that uh, give them work uh, and and pay them. Uh, Then they're... Uh, they obviously should be cut off from all public programs. Um, And you'll find that they will repatriate themselves. Uh, And so they will not compete 
with uh, low-wage American workers and drop the, uh, the wages of, uh, of our American workers, uh, competing with them for jobs. Um, so this went on, and, uh, you know, and I, I believe we should, when we have the opportunity, when we take control of the, of the White House, at the minimum, we should deport every illegal alien that came in under the Biden administration. And as I say, it'll save us a lot of money. It'll send a message to all future potential illegal aliens uh, not to try it. Uh, you know, and then the various policies under Trump, which were, I thought, quite effective, like remain in Mexico, uh, building the wall, beefing up uh, border patrol and uh, all of these things, and, uh, and then deportation, um, and then cutting them off from all programs. So, indeed, we had such a policy, and uh, there's no reason not to implement such a policy again when we have the opportunity, when we take control of the presidency. Um, another interesting part of the uh, illegal alien story is uh, Cesar Chavez, uh, who is sort of a you know a well-known leftist and union organizer, a icon of the left, really, and uh, but he was very anti-illegal uh, immigration. Uh, he fought it, and uh, and the reason was because you know he organized the United Farm Workers in 1962. And, uh, you know, the reason was that uh, I'm sure that the various farm workers were abused and, and paid very little. And so he uh, organized them uh, to uh, fight for, you know, more benefits and protections as well as higher wages. Um, part of that, though, was to keep the illegal aliens out. I mean, it's the same argument that we make today. Uh, and this icon of the left, this uh, union organizer, Cesar Chavez, uh, understood that. The, um, and so he opposed illegal aliens. He showed up at the border and uh, fought them and prevented them from coming. In 1969, <clears throat> he marched to the Mexican border in Arizona and uh, he was accompanied by the Reverend Ralph Abernathy, who was a close associate of Martin Luther King uh, before he died. He was also accompanied by Senator Walter Mondale. And uh, obviously Mondale, a very prominent Democrat senator from Minnesota, and the Democrat presidential candidate in 1984. So try to imagine that uh, he showed up with Chavez to oppose the illegal aliens uh, and illegal uh, immigration. 
Uh, and so he showed up to make a statement. And it's interesting to realize that the Democrat Party, uh, up until, I would say, um, Obama's term, uh, let's say beginning 2009, uh, and then uh, his second term, but before Obama, the Democrat Party was very strong, uh, very strongly anti-illegal uh, immigration. And the reason, of course, was that they were, their, they were protecting their base. Their base used to be the working class, you know, the, the factory workers and farm workers and miners and builders and so forth. Uh, plumbers, electricians, union, non-union. That was the Democrat Party base. They used to be a working class party. And then at a certain point, around 2009, uh, 2010, they, the party and the left in general made a decision that they could not really tolerate the white working class because uh, the working class that we speak of, I mean, there are blacks and Hispanics as well, but it was predominantly white. And, you know, they were, of course, the bitter clingers. And uh, um, as Obama referred to them, uh, clinging to their guns and their Bibles. This was no longer tenable in the modern Democrat Party. They rejected guns, obviously, and hunting and the whole mentality, you know, the Second Amendment. And they rejected, uh, obviously, the Bible and Christianity, which they despise, openly despise. I mean, they're, uh, they're Satan worshipers, basically. But for most of uh, their recent history, up until Obama, the Democrat Party was very strongly anti-illegal immigration. Well, that's a story. And so we have the uh, Indiana State House uh, taking up bills to give advantages and allowances to illegal aliens. We have a very serious rhino problem throughout the country. Your red states are not red. These rhinos and most of the Republican Party, you should just understand them as Democrats. They are Democrats. They think and vote like Democrats. There's always a handful of solid Republicans, you know, whether it's at the federal or state level, but they are absolutely in the minority. And, and that's the problem. Uh, we, will, we have no chance to save this country until we have a political vehicle that represents our views and is actively uh, implementing policies, and very aggressively so, uh, taking on the left in every corner, in every possible way, whether it's in certain policies about immigration or jobs or covid uh, or on the on the cultural front, going after you know the whole transgender agenda and uh, the woke agenda, the ridiculous uh, communist, fascist, 
diversity, equity, inclusion agenda, which goes on in all of our schools and all of our colleges and universities and, of course, corporations and the media. All of this uh, for the Republican Party to begin to start to make a change, to uh, promote and win on our agenda. Uh, you really will just have to get rid of the, the rhinos uh, and the Republican Party at every level must become a serious uh, fighting conservative opposition party. And as we see, that is exactly what they are not. Well, we'll stop here. This is uh, Dr. Richard Moss, um, High Crimes Podcast, Medicine and Politics. Not too much medicine today, but we'll get to medical issues as well in terms of their relationship with politics, particularly COVID-related issues, mask, vaccine issues, the you know the, all of the deaths and complications from from the vaccines and and the corruption of the big drug companies and the various uh, social media giants, other than now Twitter, and of course our government and corporations in general. Uh, check out my website at richardmossmd.com. Two books that I think you would like, A Surgeon's Odyssey about my work overseas as a volunteer cancer surgeon in Thailand, Nepal, India, and Bangladesh. And then Matilda's Triumph about my beloved mother raising her five boys as a single mom in the Bronx. Some good stories there. Okay, folks, thank you. We will catch you next time.